the watermelon, uh, like the pineapple, was delicious. But we were surprised to learn that this area, which was, I don't know, was it an hour or so south of Naples? Is that right? No, more than that. Uh, somewhere between one and two hours, I believe. Okay. So, but palm trees growing in some areas near where we were. So I guess it is sort of a nearly tropical climate. It certainly felt like it. It was 97 degrees almost every day we <laughs> yeah. were there. How hot as it had been in 15 years, apparently. But uh, one prime example of just how good the produce was, was the fruit. Watermelon, we noticed the watermelon was never seedless. They served it at, they served fruit at the end of most meals. And the uh, the grapes had seeds in them. The watermelon had seeds in them. And what we kind of came to realize was that that's because the the food traditions there haven't really allowed for the changing of produce the way that we have in the U.S. So there's no seedless watermelons. Maybe if you go to metropolitan areas in Italy, there are. But in this Trilento area, which has kind of been... Um, you know, it's because of just geographically where it is, it seems that it's sort of been sheltered from these food advances. And uh, it's just, the, the produce was just amazing. So besides fruit, of course, there was, what else? Was, I mean, tomatoes were delicious. Arugula was amazing. The arugula was so unbelievably peppery, but in a, in a great way. And they always put it with something like a, a bright, um, sweet cherry tomato. And that combination, the way that they would be able to combine the two different types of food and just make the taste really balanced was incredible yeah we had lots of eggplant as well which is not a food that a lot of americans love i think i think people tend to think they don't like eggplant but uh that was amazing too the way it was prepared what else was common mushrooms were delicious of course plenty of pasta aquasale aquasale which is a, <laughs> a salad that comes so they, they bake bread and when after some amount of days the bread is ready to become no longer good, they bake it again, which acts kind of as, as a way of preserving it because it takes all the moisture out. And then they make salads with this bread and the, the salad dressing kind of rehydrates the bread. So that was an interesting thing. The amount of, we ate tons and tons of pasta, none of it whole wheat, by the way. I think whole wheat pasta has come there. It's not that they're totally uh, ignorant of the idea that, that perhaps we should eat grains that aren't quite so refined, but everything we had was, uh, was totally white pasta and it was amazing. But I guess when we kind of make those versions of dishes back here, we'll make them probably with whole wheat pasta more often than not. Uh, we should mention oil because that is something that we certainly had plenty of in Italy. It was in every dish almost and every meal. It, I felt like I eat, I eat, you know, in a single meal, the amount of oil that even before we were, we had officially given up oil at home. I felt like in a single meal, I would eat, it, the amount of oil that I would eat in a week normally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's something that is <clears throat> near and dear to their culture, of course, this idea of olive oil as a health food. And, and, you know, I'm still not really sold on that at all. I still I still think that it's probably not a health food. Um, but we really enjoyed it. It was amazing to just kind of set that aside and say, we're going to do this the way they do it. And we did that. And, and it worked. And a lot of their their oil there, they make it themselves. You know, we were surrounded by the olive trees, and it was pretty amazing to kind of, you know, just see how they are all, basically every farm is set up to be able to produce the oil on their own. Yeah, and that was that was one of the things that struck me with the way that they, they do produce so much of their own food, including wine, uh, that, that yes, they are consuming these foods, but it's in a different way than than we do, right? They're not going to Whole Foods and buying a big bottle of olive oil and then using it. It's food that it's they've actually produced it and burned calories in doing that. And I think there's probably, there's not the availability that there might be here. So they they have to use plenty of it. 
Um, but it's but it's food that they have made themselves, and I kind of think what, that when you've got to go through the process of making something uh, in a traditional manner, not with super high tech machinery or anything, then uh, you're I don't know you're kind of giving yourself a pass to then eat it because you you've had to go through the work and the actual burn of calories and the effort to to then produce it and have it on your table. Do you get the same pass with the wine since you make it? Is that just hey we made the wine I, we might I as well so. drink it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we we certainly did that. I mean, it was cool. It was it was very different from the way you drink wine here. Like when we were in Rome, one time I was I was asked the guy for the wine list because we went to Rome first before this, and said, "Can we see the list of wine?" Or can we see the wines? And neither of us speaks Italian. Some spe- some people there speak English fairly well, but we just kind of said wine. And I thought he was going to bring us a list then, but instead he said, "What do you want? A half liter, a one liter, a quarter liter?" And so we picked one of those, and he just brought out a jug of wine. And it turned out that that's kind of how it worked the whole time. Uh, is there'd be lunch or there'd be dinner and on the table would be a jug of wine. And when that jug was empty, there would then be a new one that was brought out, <laughs> which was a really nice surprise. I kind of, uh, on this trip looking at the flyer, cause I was a special guest on the trip, but you know, went through the tour like everyone else. We just did it like everyone else did. And it specified on the thing, like what meals would be provided. And it said certain days there would be a lunch and a dinner, but breakfast you were on your own. Another day, maybe lunch would be on your own. Uh, and then it said wine included in certain meals, but it turned out that almost every meal was made for us, provided for us. That was awesome. Even when we were like at the beach and went to the restaurant there, the organizers, Tierno Tours, had had arranged with the restaurant for a meal to be had. So nobody, you know, ever paid any bills or anything. It was all kind of arranged in advance, and uh, the wine certainly flowed in large quantities, <laughs> which is nice. It was it just felt different. The funny thing is, no one got drunk. Like as much as. Everyone drank tons of wine. I mean, not everyone, but uh, we certainly did, and so did a lot of others. But it seemed like people would drink two or three small glasses of wine at lunch and dinner, but somehow nobody was acting crazy or anything. So, that we know of. Right. Maybe we just didn't know them well enough. Uh, I don't know. It just it just felt different. It just kind of fit into the whole thing that, that you could drink all this wine and not, not uh, be drunk. Maybe that's why it was free. Maybe it was like no alcohol wine or something. I don't think so. I don't know. So anyway, that was really cool. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I think what's what I what was really neat about this trip for me was that I'd been to Italy before, before I was vegetarian or vegan, and loved it, but kind of thought that now that I was vegan, I wouldn't be able to do that again. It sort of seemed like Italy was sort of off limits as a travel destination now, just because you think of Italy and you think of such rich food. So there are a couple things about that. First of all, we were in southern Italy this time. When I had gone before, I was in northern Italy, in like Tuscany, and it seems that down in the south, particularly in Cilento, where we were, the diet is much more based on plant-based foods. So that was one thing that was interesting. So like when we go in Rome into a random pizza store, just that has, I think we went in to buy a bottle of water, and they happen to have all this great pizza on display, there's a pizza there without cheese on it called marinara pizza, and you just order that. Like, it wasn't a weird thing, whereas if I make a pizza without cheese or order a pizza without cheese here in the U.S., everybody laughs at you. Like, what are you doing? Oh, enjoy your your bread with sauce on it. That's that's not pizza. But in Rome, at least, and in Chilento as well, you saw these pizzas that that's just kind of one way of eating pizza is to eat it without cheese. So that was cool, and there were other examples like that, just with the food in this Chilento region that there are lots and lots of great dishes that are based on beans and just don't have meat or dairy in them. So that was one thing that I didn't really understand, is that Italy isn't just the food you think of in Tuscany, where it was lots of, it seemed lots of cream sauces and uh, plenty of dishes that are based on meat, things that have pork, 
used for the sauce, the red sauce even, like as the fat in there. It, that I think that's more northern Italy, and I think in southern Italy perhaps it's different. Certainly in the areas we were, it was much, much different from that. So that was one thing. The other thing, obviously, is that a tour like this provides such a great chance to do that, to really get to go experience the real, actual food of Italy, but have these meals curated in such a way that it is all vegan, and uh, that was just a, a wonderful surprise for me. Yeah, we were we were really, really lucky because this is my first time going to Italy, and I feel like I was absolutely spoiled because I was able to really get a good feel for, you know, how the community operates, how the community works, and how they can just all work together to produce such incredible food. We were lucky. Um, at There were two locations. We stayed at a bed and breakfast, and there was also a villa. And at the villa that we stayed in um, is where we mostly had our dinner. So there was an outdoor kitchen, and then there was also the indoor kitchen. So we were able to participate in making some of the meals. Then also many of the meals were made for us by um, friends of Gretchen and Pasquale who run Tierno Tours. And they brought in, We one day we said, hey, let's make zucchini blossoms. Miyoko Shinner was there. She wanted to stuff them with her um, homemade ricotta. So we said, okay, you know, let's make them. And Renata got them right from her farm and said, here's your zucchini blossoms. And, and it happened. So it was it was really incredible. Yeah, the cheese is, is the one thing that, um, the vegan cheese, of course, that I guess we we did in a non-traditional way because that was, but like I said, was so neat was that it wasn't that they were modifying these dishes to make them suitable for plant-based or vegan eaters. It was that they were just choosing dishes that already were that way. So that was really cool. I think that was so much better than you know ha- having pasta bolognese where what they're using for the meat sauce is tempeh or seitan or something like that. I'd much rather just skip all that and pick the dishes that are already this way. The one exception that we that we did to this all week. Because Miyoko was the other special guest on this tour, uh, and she's known for her vegan cheese, Artisan Vegan Cheese, I think is the name of her book, and she now has the cheeses out for sale in certain stores, and we need to go find it, by the way, because it was incredible. Uh, but we had we had Miyoko's cheese in or on several dishes. And again, it was vegan cheese, but what was cool about Miyoko's cheese is that when I, in the past, have thought vegan cheese, I think of like the Daya or Daya, where it's just... Uh, some kind of oil stuff combined with some kind of tapioca or who knows. And it's just basically a vegan junk food and not really anything that resembles cheese. Much like a lot of the cheese that you buy, the the actual dairy cheese doesn't really resemble the actual, the way cheese is supposed to be. There's no cheese making process that goes into a lot of this. It's just sort of um, mixing together oil with something else and you get this cheese-like food. But Miyoko's cheeses, she starts with a plant-based food, either nuts or soy milk, Something that has the fat and the proteins and the things in it that are required for cheese. And honestly, I don't know what is required for cheese, but she starts with that. And then puts it through the same process that a normal cheese would go through. With the aging and the fermenting and all that else that goes into cheese. So we had these cheeses that, to me, tasted like real cheese. We had a uh, cacio pepe pasta sauce, or pasta dish, where it was just cheese, vegan cheese, pepper, and the pasta. And it was such an amazing, simple dish. And you would, her cheeses are so much like cheeses in the way that they're made that to me it just seems like another variety of cheese. It doesn't seem like here are these plant-based cheeses over here and then here are real cheeses over in this other corner. It was like this is just another form of cheese. Like So now, yes, there's Parmesan, there's um, the other salty pecorino, there, and then there's whatever Miyoko's making, and I don't think she has names for them, or maybe she does, that 
could be positioned. But apparently they're in cheese shops and things like that, kind of positioned in this way as just another form of cheese, which I think is really neat. And uh, for me, it was really nice. I, I really enjoyed having those little touches. So like on pizza night, when we made pizza, we put her version of mozzarella cheese on there, which was very good. Um, so anyway, the the moral of this story is try Miyoko's cheese if you can find it. Uh, we're going to get her book and make some, actually, because I think... We need to do that now that we've had it. Oh, I can't wait. I've already started scouting around. We're in Maryland right now, and I'm planning on calling um, Roots. Roots and finding out if they have it in stock because we've heard that they get a bunch in once a week, and then it's gone immediately. So we are definitely going to try to grab some of that before we head back to North Carolina. So and people are probably wondering if they are regular podcast listeners and heard our episode probably a few months ago now, the one about your weight loss. Uh, just how you did things, mm-hmm. how you did it. We said that you ate the oil in this place. Yeah, it's like, dun-dun-dun, <laughs> what happened? Because you had been yeah. so strict with this diet, the way you'd followed it, uh, way more to the letter than I had expected you to, and for a much longer period than I expected you to. You kind of adopted this as your lifestyle, and, and the what this is, by the way, is this idea of eating in a way that's um, foods that are not calorically dense. So oil, nuts, and avocado, these higher-fat foods... It's not that they're higher fat, it's just that they're very calorically dense, lots of calories in a small space. Those were off the menu for you before this point, uh, as were flowers and lots of other things. Not flowers, but flour, ground up flour. Uh, many other foods. And you were eating in a very, very whole food way at home. And I kept saying, okay, Aaron, like you realize you're not going to eat like this in Italy, or I hope you're not going to eat like this in Italy, because I think you'd kind of be missing out on a chance to try some really neat things. And you kept saying, well, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm just going to play it by ear and see how it goes. So how did it go? Yeah, I. Um, it went well. I mean, it went well in the sense that the food was absolutely amazing and delicious. Um, <laughs> but, right, right. But um, I went in with an open mind because I had never been to Europe before. Um, and so I didn't know what to expect. And basically what I did was um, I... I did what I could. Um, I went into each meal and every meal, luckily they have fruit at the end. They have salad incorporated into a meal as one of the, um, one of the dishes. So I tried to eat as much salad as I possibly could. Um, before my meal, I would still try to have the veggies first, but in lots of the cases there was oil all over it. So it, it was somewhat unavoidable. Um, and with the language barrier too, you know, sometimes I said, oh, could you put the dressing on the side, which would mean just the oil basically, but it didn't always get communicated um, through. So, And that's more when we were in Rome. Yeah, we yeah. We were on the tour, they, they kind of, it could be communicated. We were speaking to people who spoke English. Yeah, absolutely. But I, um, I don't know, I, I, I did the best that I could and um, gained about three pounds while I was there in about a 12-day period. Um, but which is really... Surprising, because I mean that it's that little. Because you, I, I know you said like you did, you did what you could, but what you could do wasn't very much. I mean, if you were going to enjoy the tour and do what, yeah, I, 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 it, I don't think it would have been possible <laughs> to every lunch and dinner. I mean, we were stuffed full. It was it was ten course meals. It Great wasn't thing. mindful eating no. at all <laughs> whatsoever. No. We, we would be stuffed at lunch, and I remember the first few days, for the first day, we were surprised that the lunch had eight or ten courses in it or something. And, and these courses are vegetable courses, many of them, so it's not like it's super dense food, but it might be zucchini marinated in something. And that marinade has oil in it. So, like, it, plenty of calories, filling stuff, and by the end of it, you were just like, I don't need to eat for days after this. 
and then it'd be dinner time four or five hours later and it'd be kind of the same thing again mm-hmm. uh which was at first it was a lot and i was like i don't know if i can handle this i needed to slow down by the by the end of the trip i was so used to it already and like i remember when we were in uh it was sorrento or first in positano and we had a lunch and it was a, kind of a, a moderate size lunch it wasn't a huge lunch we had been used to but it was bigger than a lunch that I'd eat in the United States as a day-to-day thing. And I remember thinking, hey, this is kind of nice. This is back to regular food. And then, like, two hours later, I had to get a pizza on the street because I was yeah. so hungry. Because um, I was so used to eating that way already. Uh, so it was it was a really nice kind of fantasy world to live in for ten days where, where we were just eating tons and tons of stuff. But, uh, I, yeah. Go ahead. I would say, you know, for me, I was I was surprised that I didn't feel terrible because the... I mean, my entire style of eating completely changed on this trip. So I I felt bloated. You didn't really ease into this, right? No. There was no getting ready for Italy by eating some oil. It was just... Yeah, because you kept saying like, oh, you should try and have a little bit of this to get yourself ready for it. And I just didn't want to. I wasn't... I figured I would just kind of wing it. And um, I definitely felt bloated. I had a lot of swelling, like ankles and... And I don't know if that had to do with the airplane, the total change in my diet or what, but, you know, a lot changed for me. So, um, I enjoyed it. It was incredible. I don't think I would have changed much of what I did on this trip as far as eating. Maybe I could have asked to have, you know, at the, at the villa asked to have the salad, you know, served out to me before oil or anything was put on it. But all in all, that would have been kind of minor, um, yeah, I would do definitely do it again, and but I'm also happy to be back and kind of in control of my um, my eating now and, and getting right. back to having my veggies for breakfast again. Yeah, I and mean, I, I think it was, I don't know, I'm glad that you did it the way you did because, uh, I don't know, I think, I hate to use the, the when in Rome line again. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> a lot of when in Rome jokes when we were in Rome. And out of Rome. And out of Rome. But, I don't know, I just think... I think it, it's neat to do it the way they do it. So to not not get the dressing on the side, not do your own version of dressing, but just eat the one that they're having. And the fact that you can do that for, I guess it remains to be seen, if you can do that for 10 or 12 days and then just get back to the way you want to be eating, uh, I think that's a good thing, assuming you can do it. And I, I mean, I think that's, it was the same way for me. Like I, I wrote the post a couple months ago about how we're not eating oil at home anymore. And during these... 12 days, we weren't at home. So I said, this is, you know, I, like I had no desire to limit oil on this trip. For me, this was uh, one of those times when you don't think about food. Certainly, we're still thinking about plant-based. We're still gonna, not going to change that because that's an ethical thing. But uh, I think I, I think it's good that we're at a point, and I think a lot of people are at this point, where, where you can do something different for a while and then come back and eat the way you want to. Because honestly, if, if it were, if there were a hard and fast rule that I could never have oil when I was out, that would make things very difficult for me because that's that's been the hardest part of eating plant-based for me. When people ask me, what what do you miss most? Uh, I think they're often expecting me to say it's a certain food that I miss, like buffalo wings or something. Uh, what it is is like when I travel somewhere that I can't, can't you know, you want to immerse yourself in the culture and, and you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Uh, but you can't do that if you're plant-based, obviously, unless you go to a place where the diet is that way. Most places, though, it's not. So that's what made this tour really nice for me is that you could still you could still be plant based you could still eat in a way that's very similar to the way people there eat anyway, uh, 
But going that other step with oil, like if, if I had a hard and fast rule that I could never eat oil or never eat salt or never drink wine or who knows what, uh, that would that would make that whole problem a lot worse. So that's that's the thing. That's why the oil thing for me has been something that, that's at home, and I like that. I like having the at home step with any kind of diet change. I like having the at home step as a, as one possible option. So for people who aren't ready to go fully vegan yet, you could do vegan at home and then eat out on weekends when you go out or something, then have, have vegetarian food that's not vegan. And I think we even did something like that kind of along the way to getting vegan. Uh, even if it wasn't a formal thing, it was kind of how we did it. We just sort of stopped having cheese and things at home, even while we were still having it out. So, uh, I don't know. I, I was really happy to do this. It'll be good to, to get back to the way we typically eat. Uh, but it was, I don't know. It was, it was an amazing experience. The, the food, was certainly the star of the show, but we did lots of other really cool stuff too. One of which was actually not running, which is funny because Doug and I just did an episode before we left, and actually it went live while we were gone, about should you run while you're on vacation or not. And uh, we didn't really come to a consensus answer there, but I did basically tell Doug that I was going, and tell everyone listening, that I had to start my marathon training and that I was going to make sure I ran pretty much every single day in Italy and you're smiling, but you pretended, I mean, you had the same idea as I did, right? We, we both thought oh, we yeah. were every day on this thing. Because no kids for a little while. Our parents watched the kids. And it was beautiful there. So it would have been amazing to be running all around the, the yeah, hills of really Italy. Nice. But we got to Rome, and it was all these cobblestone streets and just crazy scooter drivers. And we were like, well, this isn't going to work. We'll just wait till we get to the B&B in two days, and, and we'll do, run in Cilento, where it's rural and very easy to run, we thought. Uh, it turned out there wasn't a lot of free time for that sort of thing. It was uh, it was a jam-packed schedule, which I, I'm glad for. I loved how much we got to see and do, uh, but it wasn't super conducive to us running. I guess we could have gotten up earlier, but that would have been almost superhuman to have to... Yeah, it was hard. We were, we were still getting up pretty early and going to bed pretty late, so having a great time in the hours that we were awake, but valuing the hours that we had to sleep. Yeah, so... I don't feel too bad. We're, we're listing valid excuses for not running. Um, but no, the reason I don't feel bad is because, I don't know, it's just, I, I did it one day, we did a big six-mile hike another day, we did the paddleboarding thing, we, you know, we got some physical, physical activity in, certainly not ideal marathon training by any means, and uh, I do feel bad that I sort of committed to Doug that I would get this running done, but didn't. Uh, but I don't feel that bad. I feel pretty good about how we did it. Now you're back, and you can... You can get back on track. In theory. In, In theory, I will get right back on track. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, uh, that is that is it. That's our quick wrap-up of our trip to Italy. Hope you've enjoyed it. And again, this is called Vigano Italiano. It's done through Tierno Tours and Green Earth Travel, who work together to make it happen. Uh, if you want to see information on it, it's nomadathlete.com slash Italy. That's the flyer for this year. I don't know. I haven't really heard anything about whether or not they're going to be keeping some of the same hosts for next year, so whether or not we'll be back. Uh, I certainly hope so. We had such a great time. It was it was really an amazing trip. Uh, but if you want to get in touch with us, just email me, or um, maybe more easy would be the customer service address, which is customerservice at nomadathlete.com. And you can just say, you know, let us know about it, or keep me posted about Italy. And then I can put together a little list, and then uh, just let you know what is going to be the deal with next year, if it's going to happen again. When hopefully flights will be cheaper, because that was that was expensive. And I know that kept a lot of people from going this year, uh, but we'll see. So it was it was a great ex- uh, great opportunity, great experience, and 
I just I kind of keep thinking about how can we get back to Europe and get back to that doing that stuff again. We just had such a good time. I know we have lots of great ideas, but really thanks to Pasquale and and uh, Gretchen for this amazing opportunity and inviting us to be a part of it. Because and Donna. don't forget Donna. and Donna too. Don't forget Donna. She's there right now in the last week enjoying her uh, her tour of Italy. So this yeah. is really going to be uh, something that I'll never forget. Yep, yeah, absolutely. So we'll talk to you soon. Ciao.